Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapters 10 and 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Oh, you can worship God, but you don't have to have a truly Christian business now, do you? I mean, it's tax time. You don't have to be really Christian. I mean, you can put the like the fish on the truck and everything, but don't be really Christian. Don't give God everything. You see, I believe Pharaoh thought if I can get them to leave their possessions in Egypt, their affections would also stay in Egypt because, listen, where your stuff is, that's where your heart will be also. Where your stuff is, that's where your heart will be also. Now, Jesus said it like this. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus said the same thing. He said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Because the last verse says, would you read it with me? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, saints, listen closely, there your heart will be also. Lots of people use a verse like this. And they will tell you, teach from this verse, that God is broke. Oh, you got to lay your treasures up in the church. Oh, you got to give to the church. You got to give to the ministry. And people act like God is broke. You know, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. If you own a cattle on a thousand hills, you sure wouldn't be asking anybody for anything. God's not broke. Someone please say amen. Thank you. God's not broke. And I personally am offended when people have teach with that in context, that God is broke, that God doesn't have anything, that you got to give your money to the church because God really needs it. Listen, God wants us to give to the ministry. God wants us to give to the work of the kingdom, not because he's broke, but because God knows where your treasure is, your heart's going to go to the same place. God knows that if you put your treasure in the kingdom, your heart's going to go in the kingdom. God knows that if you don't put your treasures in the kingdom and your stuff is in Egypt, in the world, your heart's going to go toward the worldly stuff. See, God knows that. 
When you put your treasure where you put your treasure, that's where your heart will follow. If your treasure is in the stock market, that's where your heart will be also, and you'll be checking that thing daily. If your treasure is in the lotto, ooh, that's where your heart's going to be also. I'm not a lotto player. I just say, you know what, I, I, you know what, because I, I, I don't have faith. I guess I just don't have faith. I'm thinking about all them dollars I put in the lotto, you know, by the time I save up all them dollars, I got 100000 you know what I mean? I said, folk be giving, I ain't going, I didn't mean to go there, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, if your treasure is in the kingdom, that's where your heart will be also, and notice Moses' response in verse 26. I got to take time for this. Notice his response. So Pharaoh says, listen, keep your stuff in Egypt. Go, take your kids, take your wives. Hey, look, the men, everybody, just go, but leave your flocks and your herds, because I think that's Pharaoh's attempt to keep the people's heart in Egypt. You understand? Say amen. But notice Pharaoh's response now in verse 26. Our livestock also shall go with us, and not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And this is what I want you to see. And even if we, and even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. Notice Moses says, listen, we're taking our livestock. Not a hoof shall remain. In other words, God has a claim upon everything that we have. It's all or nothing. And then Moses says we must take everything to serve God. And even if we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. Listen, in short, Moses is saying, I'll get my information from God one step at a time. That's what he's saying. Moses is saying, listen, when I take the step, God gives me the info to take the next step. In other words, Moses is saying, look, we're going to go in the wilderness and we really don't know what's going to happen. All I know is I'm supposed to go in the wilderness and I'm supposed to go there and serve God. And everybody and everything is supposed to come with me. All the details of what's going to happen when we get out in the wilderness, I don't know that. God will show me when I arrive there. In other words, listen, Moses says, I got to take step A. And when I take step A, God will show me to take step B. And when I take step B, God will show me, give me the info for step C. Moses says, look, we don't know what God is wanting to do until we get there. So God says, I just need to be obedient, Moses says. I just need to go. I need to take step A. Saints, listen, do you know the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun? The Bible says that, there's, that, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God does the same thing in our lives. When God is calling you to something, he requires you to take step A. And God is not going to show you step B until you take step A. And he's certainly not going to show you step C until you take step B and take step A. You understand? Say amen. You see, God, God, God doesn't work like we want him to work. You know, God doesn't give us the five-year plan. Did you know that? 
God does not give us the five-year plan. We want to know the will of God for our lives in 10-year increments. And that's the truth. And the reason we want to know, my speculation, the reason we want to know is so that we can decide whether we want to follow it or not. Anybody agree with me? So we can decide whether we want to follow. Look, God doesn't work that way. God tells us to, be, to obey today. And the next day, he'll tell us what we need to know. And then if you take that step, God will give you further info for the next step. That's how God works. Well, Pharaoh said, get away from me. Get out of my face. And if I see your face again, you will surely die. Did you notice that in verse 29? And Moses said, great. If I never see you again, it'll be too soon. That's Rodney 1-1. I'm sorry. Now look at chapter 11. And the Lord said, look at chapter 11. Y'all still with me? And the Lord said to Moses, chapter 11, verse 1. I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. And when he lets you go, he will surely this time, he's going to drive you out. (laughs) Speak now in the hearing of the people and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt and in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and finally in the sight of God's people. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. Verse 1 through 3 is kind of like, um, like a parenthesis, if you will. It has the idea that God, in, in the original text, it has the idea that God had said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Egypt and on Pharaoh. In other words, before the last plague, God said, I want you to have all your men and the women of Israel to ask their neighbor for silver and gold. And after that, he will let you go from here. He is going to drive you out. So God tells them to go and to ask for donations from their neighbors, the Egyptians, silver and gold. Why? Because in your own time, Exodus chapter 3, verse 21 and 22 tell us that they will not go out. God already told them this eight chapters, seven, eight chapters earlier, that you're not going to go out empty-handed, that God is going to pay them for what? For their 400 years of slavery in Egypt. The Egyptians owe them. They need to pay them. And God is saying, I'm going to get your money. Isn't that just like God? God said, I got this. Don't worry about it. It may take you 400 years to get a check. <laughs> and that might be a prophecy for some of y'all, all right? It might take you 400 years to get paid, but you're going to get paid. God's going to take care of it. Now, I want you to notice in chapter 10. Now, go back up with me again to chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. Because Pharaoh said, notice, get away from me. I don't want to see your face anymore. And Moses said, great. Then, like I told you, verses 1 through 3 is kind of like a parenthesis. So if you go from chapter 20, pardon me, chapter 10, verse 28 and 29, then you want to jump down to verse 4, which connects the story. So notice in verse 4 through 10, 
and then we'll wrap it up with a few comments. Look at verse 4. Then Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall it be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue. In other words, that's kind of like a proverb that just says there's no harm going to come against the children of Israel. Shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast that you may know that the Lord, note this, does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who follow you will follow, who follow you. After that I will go out. And then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. All right, Moses. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And so Moses and Aaron did all the wonders before Pharaoh and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the children of Israel go out of the land. So notice, give me your attention. Moses said in verse four, God says there's one more plague and at midnight I'm going to go out into Egypt and all the firstborn in Egypt shall die in Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh to the firstborn of the servants and even the firstborn of the animals. Now listen, next time we get together, we're going to cover chapter 12. And I wanted to leave chapter 12 by itself, actually, because there's a lot to cover. In chapter 12, we'll deal with that the next time. But I want you to notice something about this judgment. This judgment required that every household take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost. If you read chapter 12, you'll see that. We'll deal with it next time. The death of the firstborn we're talking about. So they were to take the blood of the lamb and they were to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, right? And on the lintel that would be across this way here. And they were actually to do it on the doorpost. And there are two doorposts. Doorpost, they actually took a, a hyssop, a bush, and they would slaughter the lamb and bleed the lamb and take the lamb's blood and take the, the hyssop and use the hyssop, the bush, like a paintbrush. And they would dip the blood into, dip the bush, the, the brush into the, into the bowl of the blood's lamb and they put it on the doorpost and on the lintel and they do both doorposts and the lintel. And what you would see in Israel is a beautiful, or in Egypt, pardon me, on the houses in Egypt, you would see a beautiful, beautiful cross. And when the angel of death saw the blood, it would pass over that house. So the angel of death would come flying through Israel on Passover night. That's why they call it Passover, because the angel of death would pass over the house that he saw the blood of the lamb had covered that house. If you know where I'm going, say amen. The blood of the lamb covered that house. 
and the angel of death would pass over that house and spare the life of the firstborn. Now, the interesting thing is that every house that had the blood applied to the door was spared. Listen, they didn't need to understand it. They didn't need to appreciate it. God didn't say they needed to be able to theologically explain the blood. They hadn't read the chapter. You understand. God said, just do it. We are talking, saints, simple obedience. Simple obedience to apply the blood and they would be spared and those who didn't were lost. Listen, same thing is true for them, is true for us today. To any man, woman, boy, or girl that applies the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, to the doorpost of their hearts, if they apply the blood of the Lamb to their life, they will be saved. Anyone. This, by the way, speaks to God is not into denominationalism. God is not, look, look, if Baptist folk apply the blood, Baptist folk will be saved. Pentecostal folk, they'll be saved. Catholic folk, if you apply the blood, you will be saved. God is not into all this denominationalism. People ask me, well, what denomination do you belong to? None. That's why we call ourselves non-denominational. Because we're, I'm not in the denomination. I, I don't care what church you go to. I don't care what role book you signed up on. I don't care about any of those things. I want to know, has the blood been applied to the doorpost of your heart? Have you received Christ as your Savior? I don't care what church you go to every Sunday. It doesn't matter to me. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with God? We get caught up in, that's why people, and people want to know what denomination you're with because they want to know how to deal with you. Oh, you want them holy rollers, huh? Of course, folks don't know what to do with Calvary Chapel. They don't know what to do with us. They come in here and go, y'all crazy. There's just something crazy going on in here. I've had people tell me this. This is not not my speculation. It's not my thoughts. People have told me, I can't really figure this out. I don't understand it. Man, you guys are like, just like worshiping the Lord. And some people are lifting their hands and some are not. And some folks have on suits and some don't. And you got biker people going to the church. <laughs> I saw a guy with a do-rag on. He had flames of fire on the do-rag. The biker people go to Calvary. And then the guy, he looked like an attorney. He was all dressed up. And, man, what's going on? And the black folks and the white folks. And what's going on there? That's because we're non-denomination. We don't care. I don't care. We don't care. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? The only thing we care about is, do you know Jesus? Has the blood been applied to your heart? I'm not talking about whether you're perfect or not. I'm not talking about whether you sin or not, because we all sin and come short of God's glory. And we all fail God at some point, of course. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm just talking about do you know the Lord? Are you, are you striving to 
to live a life for God? Are you striving for holiness? Are you looking to be the man or the woman that God wants you to be? When you fall, do you get up? Or do you just keep going in your sin? That's all we're talking about. We're just talking about being like Jesus. We're not talking about the rules. We don't have a rule book. No, we had a rule book. What do you guys believe? Um, I don't know. This? It, is that it? Yeah, well, I don't, there's nothing else, is there? Well, you guys don't have the SOP for Calvary Chapel? No, no, we have a standard operating procedure. It's kind of this. You know, sometimes, you know, you kind of sheepishly, I don't know about you, but especially as a senior pastor, sometimes I sheepishly, and I got to get, I got to get a hold of that. Because sometimes I'm like, well, you know, we just believe the scriptures and what God's word says. And, well, you know, how you guys do this? Well, you know, the Bible says this. And, you know, and sometimes I feel like I want to go, you know, well, we got the rule book. I, I feel like I want to say that as if God's word is not enough. You know what I mean? And you can kind of sheepishly go, well, we just believe the Bible. Well, is that it? How are you guys organized? Well, what the scripture says in the book of Acts, I mean, is that it? You mean you're not a bishop? You, I mean, you, you know, you started several other Calvary chapters. You're not a bishop? No, don't see that right here. I'm just trying to be me. I mean, <laughs> God, I, I can't even get a hold of me, let alone a bishop. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, wow, that's too much, man. That's over my head. That's all. It's the blood of the lamb. That's the point. You understand? It's the blood of the lamb applied to your heart, becoming a Christian and believing in God and walking with the Lord. Now, I want to close with something. Listen to me closely. I want to close with this. The deliverance of Israel from bondage in Egypt. We've been talking about types a little bit, a little bit, and we'll touch on more and more as we go through the book of Exodus. But, but, but let me give you this tonight. The deliverance of Egypt from bondage or Israel from bondage in Egypt is a picture or a type of the deliverance from sin and death. Deliverance from the world. Egypt is a type of or represents the world. The Pharaoh represents Satan, who is the God of this world. Israel represents all true believers who are delivered by the blood of our Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. When they left Egypt, they left completely, leaving nothing behind. And in the same way, when we as Christians come out of the world, we need to leave everything. Amen, saints? When we leave the world, not a hoof should remain behind because you can't hold on to the world and hold on to Christ at the same time. By virtue of mechanics, body mechanics, you cannot hold on to the world and hold on to Christ at the same time. You got to let go of one to grab hold of the other. You can't. Listen to this little story. I close with this. It said, listen close. When the crusaders, some of you know who they were, prepared to launch on their crusade, they submitted, true story, to a mass baptism. They were taken to the riverside and then would wade en masse out into the water and dunk themselves when the priest who stood on the bank of the river gave the prayer for baptism. But as they went under the water, interesting, each crusader held his sword high above his head so that it would not be baptized. In other words, they wanted to be saved, 
but they did not want that salvation to extend to the way that they made war. They wanted to rape, pillage, kill, and they knew the teachings of Christ and the true Christian faith did not support such evil. Well, they thought they could have saved souls, but wicked hands. Listen, there's no such thing. A wicked hand is a sign of an evil soul. A saved soul produces a sanctified hand. You can't hold on to both. You got to let go of one and hold on to the other. And may God help us all. Help us all to let go of the world that we might know him, Paul says, and the power of his resurrection, Philippians 3, and the fellowship of his suffering. May we let go of the things of the world that we might grab hold of Christ, that we might hold on to him, that we might be saved and sanctified by him. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.